We came here tonight to get started, to co-act ill or get retarded. <laughs> Fresh crew. Me and Biz are deaf. 
everybody to the latest edition of the legends of sports and music and today i am recording this on what has officially been declared the 50th anniversary of hip-hop music august 11th 2023 as it was finally after years of unknowing after years of mystery where hip-hop originated and that would have been August 11th, 1973. And today's celebration of the 50th year of hip-hop music, I commemorate this anniversary by reviewing the Showtime documentary produced by Mass Appeal, a company, the legend Nazir Jones owns. All Up in the Biz, directed by hip-hop historian and hip-hop writer, hip-hop activist, hip-hop journalist, Sasha Jenkins. And it's a look into the life and career of, I don't want to call him the clown prince of hip-hop, I want to call him the soul, the love, the, how do you put it, the, the not the crown prince of, the clown prince of hip-hop, but the soul, the heart and soul of hip-hop, and that is Harlem-born, Long Island-raised, Marcel Hall. Better known as Bismarcky. I played at the very beginning of the podcast. The Deaf Fresh Crew. A song I first heard in December of 1986. I was on break from college. At the time I was attending Loyola University. And I, I had just come home for... Christmas break, winter break, and the Friday, the Friday I first came back, I came back uh, Friday afternoon, and so that Friday evening, and this would have been a week before Christmas, I was listening to the same show I was listening to before I left for college in August of 86, growing up in the South Bronx. My love of music was basically hip-hop and R&B soul. And I would always get what was hot in hip-hop, what was newest in hip-hop, what was the songs, the go-to songs to listen to by listening to the legendary Mr. Magic 
on WBLS 107.5. And if the head of Mass Appeal, if anybody out there knows Nas, and I'm sure Nas has to be working or has to have somebody doing a documentary on Mr. Magic because two of his last four albums have been called Magic and Magic 2. And one of the artworks was him in a picture with Mr. Magic. So I'm sure there has to be a documentary in the works on Mr. Magic. One of the most influential hip-hop journalists, hip-hop pioneers, hip-hop uh, disc jockeys, hip-hop radio personalities that ever lived. Because he premiered so many great songs and artists on Mr. Magic's Rap Attack that used to happen every Friday and Saturday night from the early to late 80s on WBLS 107.5. Which my understanding now is revitalizing its station to becoming more R&B oriented after years of mixing up R&B music with classic R&B music. I see that they're making a an effort to become the WBLS of old. And so I'll, I'll probably start listening to the radio. I haven't listened to the radio in a long time. Anyway, back to Mr. Magic. Listening to, listening to, to his show. The week before Christmas, 1985. I mean, 1988. No, 86. Man, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. The week before Christmas 1986, I'm listening to the radio, and all of a sudden, I hear, who at that point in time, a new record by, who at that point in time, I considered the greatest female MC of all time, and she would not be surpassed, in my opinion, until I heard a young Lauren Hill debut with the Fugees in 1994. And that was Roxanne Chante. We came here tonight to get started, to cold act ill or get retarded. And then you hear this beatbox. And I'm like, wow. Because up until that point, ladies and gentlemen, the only person I had heard do the beatbox on a record was Dougie Fresh, who in 1985 came out with what I thought was the greatest hip-hop record up until that point, the show with the legendary Slick Rick. And I heard this guy, Biz Markie, and Biz and Roxanne murdered that song. I love that song. And that's why it's the very first song you're going to hear that you heard on the podcast. That was the first time I had heard of Biz Marquis. I already know Roxanne Chante. Roxanne Chante was a New York City legend, superstar, a New York City superstar. There weren't na- there weren't too many national stars when she came out. When she came out, the only national star was Run DMC. Roxanne Chante was a New York legend, is a New York legend, and now is a hip hop legend, and. Was the greatest female MC, like I said, in my opinion, until Lauren Hill took over. And when you hear the legend 
the rap goddess Nicki Minaj rap, you hear the influence of Roxanne Shante in Nicki Minaj's voice. There's no mistaking that Nicki had to have been a fan of Roxanne because you hear a similar flow in Nicki's voice. Anyway, um, by the way, I will be ending this podcast with... Roxanne Shantae's eulogy at Bismarck's uh, funeral. You hear that at the very end of the podcast. So Roxanne begins the show. Roxanne Shantae begins the podcast with that incredible record she did with Bismarck that introduced me and most of the world, matter of fact, probably the entire world, to Bismarck. And we will end the podcast with her doing the eulogy. So she begins and ends this podcast with her voice. The documentary begins with Bismarcky's beautiful widow, beautiful wife, Tara Hall, talking about Biz. And you showed, they showed how Biz was born and for the first 10 years of his life grew up in the colonial houses. 159th Street in Harlem Just about four or five blocks away From the legendary polo grounds And from Rucker Park where you Have seen all The legendary Basketball players, high school, college International, NBA Hone their skills And put on some of the most Incredible street Basketball of all time I loved the scenes that they reenacted with Tara and a puppet playing Bismarck when Biz was hospitalized for the last year of his life. And I I loved that because you didn't, even though there is footage of Biz in the hospital, I respect the fact that Sasha Jenkins himself and Biz's wife, Tara, decided to do the reenactment with the puppet playing Biz because Biz was always child friendly. Biz was always, always family oriented as a rapper, as an MC. And children need to see this uh, documentary and showing video footage of Biz. Suffering And In a state of Discomfort And you don't know what his face looked like I'm glad they did that In order to get the story across Of him battling The disease that would wind up Terminating his life at a Very young to Very young age of 57 I'm 55. Biz and I are four years apart. And so when he passed away two years ago, it hit me hard because I'm like, man, I'm in that age bracket. I was 18 when I first heard a 22-year-old Biz on that record, The Death Fresh Crew. The documentary, as I mentioned, begins with him talking about growing up in the colonial houses 
They showed archival footage of Biz going to his old project apartment, showing the door. And then it talks about how Biz, at the age of 10, was able to move to Brentwood, Long Island with his family. His, his mother had died, so his father got a house in Brentwood. And then Biz's father was unable to take care of his family. They became homeless. They were living under a bridge. And eventually, when Biz was 13, 14 years old, he wound up in foster care. And they interviewed his foster siblings, and they were magnificent. They, were, they talked about how when Biz first moved into their house in Pachog, Long Island A shout out to my buddy Shannon Who's battling cancer um, And she is fighting hard And Shannon just want to let you know That me and my family are praying for you Me, my lady, my, my, my mother We are praying for you Keep battling Shannon Oh and by the way I, I apologize for my memory loss Biz was the third Famous Beatbox artist I heard I Keep forgetting about the fat boys. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry, man. When the fat boys when the fat boys came out, they had the first major beatbox dude. Even though I think Dougie Fresh, who they interviewed in the documentary, was the very first beatbox artist. But the one that was first on record, the one that everybody first saw. Was of course in the Fat Boys back in the day. I'm, I, I apologize. So it was the Fat Boys, Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew, and Biz Markey. And they all developed that beatbox style around the same time. And this, before I forget, let me talk about in the documentary how while Biz Markey was living in Long Island. Um, oh, before I get there, let me talk about, I just mentioned, when his foster siblings first met Biz, when they first dropped him off at their house, when um, social services first dropped Biz Markey off at their house, and at the time, of course, Marcel Mark, they said that he was so fun-loving from the very beginning when, when he first met them, his foster sister said that, uh, uh what was what would what would did she say? Uh that uh he whispered into her ear and he said, you know, I'm I'm allergic to grass. And then he also told him, I uh the doctor says I can only wear pro cats. Anybody who don't know, now this would have been 1980, 19 I mean no, he was fourteen years old. So this would have been nineteen seventy seven, nineteen seventy eight. The first major sneaker brand that I know because at the time I was 12 that kids my age, me and, um, no, I was 10 years old at the time, 1978. In 1978, the first major sneaker brand that kids in New York were rocking were Pro Keds and Converse. You either wore Pro Keds or Converse. This was before Adidas. This was before Nike. And so, <laughs> pistoled his his, his, his siblings I can only wear pro kids I guess so they could tell their mom The doctor said Mark can only wear uh, Pro kids And he's allergic to grass <laughs> And this will go on to Later on in the documentary Where um, 
business friends, business first um, hip hop crew he rocked with, and those that began to know Biz and to love Biz said that he would lie and exaggerate, and he would do it in such a fun loving way that you knew he was bullshitting, but you couldn't hate him. You because he brought so much so fun and energy into their lives. Oh, and the documentary show, speaking of fun and energy, the documentary show Tara, throughout this documentary, talking about Biz and his collection of toys, his collection of, I mean, everything, and and he he collected toys. They showed he had the Charlie's Angels dolls, uh, all types of memorabilia. He became a collector, as Tara said, because of what turned out to be a, a poverty-stricken childhood. He didn't get to play with those toys. They even showed, I love it, I love it, the first ever electronic handheld games, which I remember getting in 1980 on my 12th birthday after my father Started working after being unemployed for several months. And Christmas of 1980, we were, uh, we had just, did we move into our new apartment yet? No, we were living, we were living in a, we were living in a family shelter after our building had gotten burnt down in October of 1980. But my father began working soon after that. And Christmas Day, 1980, he got me. The Coleco uh, handheld football game. And they have a biz in his, uh, I don't know if it's his basement or his attic. Has those games in an unopened box among several pieces of memorabilia. And she talks about how when he was first hospitalized in 2020. She went and got one of their uh, daughter's composition notebooks. And she wrote and began a journal what would turn out to be the last year of his life. And she was showing, uh, she was showing her journal and she was showing drawings of, of Biz inside the journal that she had done um man tara t- shout out to uh mrs marcel hall tara hall mrs biz Marquis. you could tell throughout this documentary just how much she unconditionally loved biz and man biz like the og rob silver and by the way i'm not sure if i introduced myself at the beginning of the podcast this is the original great uncle rob silver just like Biz Marquis, myself, Biz and I are dudes that are not the most attractive men in the world, but always find a way to get beautiful women to go out with us. Why? Because we can make, well, Biz, like myself, had the ability to make women laugh And fellas out there listening I'm no relationship expert 
But you can't be Psalm and serious. You can't be dog-faced. You can't be fucking angry and expect to win the heart and soul of a beautiful woman. Of a beautiful woman. Of beautiful women. Period. So, um, another highlight of the first half hour of, of the documentary, All Up in the Biz, was Bismarcky's ability to go to different high schools, different junior high schools, and sneak in with his personality. I think he was 21 years old in 1985 when he snuck into a junior high school. It, one of the uh, one of the speakers on the documentary mentioned and claimed that he was the dude behind the hit song, the show that I mentioned earlier, and he got to perform <laughs> in the school auditorium. He lied. Back to how he could exaggerate and make things up. He went to a I, I never knew how to pronounce this, but at the time, Rakim, Rakim and I are the same age. Rakim, the God, the greatest MC of all time, in my opinion, was attending Wyandak High School. Forgive my Long Island brothers and sisters for me butchering the name. And Biz found a way to sneak into the high school. Now, Rakim was probably 16, 17 at the time. And that would have been, Rock, uh, Biz would have been 20, 21 at the time. Um, probably 16. Rakim was probably 16 because when Rakim was 17, he got his record deal. Anyway, Biz is in Rakim's high school cafeteria hitting the beatbox. And everybody knew that Rakim was the... Even at that time, the number one uh, MC in that school with his with, with his battle work and stuff. And Rakim talks all about it in his incredible autobiography. Uh, highly recommend you all to go get that. So Rakim sees Bismarcky after his fellow classmates say, oh, look at that dude over there. He, he, he's, he's beatboxing. And Rakim, he... He hadn't even introduced himself to Biz. It's the first time he ever saw Biz. Started freestyling off of Biz's beatbox. That was a great story. And Rakim is a great storyteller. Okay. We will continue on with the documentary after I play a couple of more great classic Biz songs. I'm going to play. Make sure I get this. Vapors. And nobody beats the biz. And I will come back and talk about the next part of the Showtime documentary. All up in the biz. Radio, TV, and even the press say what's the meaning of V-A-P-O-R-S. The meaning of this word without no doubt means nobody want to beat that one you're down and out. Now when you're established and got a lot of money, everybody want to be your buddy and honey. Like tall builders, they call skyscrapers. And you feel it. And you feel it. 
African savior But this is the season of catching the vapors And since I got time, what I'm gonna do Is tell you how they spread it throughout my crew Well, you all know T.J. Swan, who sang on my records Make the music, nobody beats the biz, well, check it Back in the days before this began He used to try to talk to this girl named Fran The type of female with fly Gucci wear With big drug jewelry and extensions in her hair When Swan tried to kick it, she always best Talking about, baby, please, you work for UPS Since he wasn't no type of big drug dealer My man T.J. Swan didn't appeal to her But now he trucks golden with fly belly boots Rough leather fashion and tough silk suits Now she stopped fronting and wants to speak And be coming to all the shows every single weekend To get his people number, she be begging please Dying for the day to get skis She caught the vapors She caught the vapors That's calm and plain He goes by the name of the Big Daddy Kane The mellow type of fellow that's laid back Back in the days he was nothing like that I remember one he used to fight every day What grown-ups would tell him he would never obey He wore his pants hanging down and his sneakers untied And a Rata type kangle tilted to the side Around his neighborhood people treated him bad And said he was the worst thing his mom's ever had He said he would grow up to be nothing but a hoolum Or either in jail or someone would shoot him But now he's grown up to their surprise Big Daddy got a hit record selling worldwide Now the same people that didn't like him as a job Saying can I borrow a dollar? Ooh, you're a star Oh, now they caught the vapors. They caught the vapors. They caught the vapors. They caught the vapors. Now I got a cousin by the name of Von Lee. Better known to y'all as Kamasa V. He cut scratch transforms with finesse. And all that mess I remember when he first started to rock And try to get this job at a record shop He was in it to win it But the boss fronted said Sorry Mr. Lee, but there's no help on it Now my cut's born Still try on and on and on To the like break the dawn To get this J.O.B. in the fact Then they look right past him and be like Next! Now for the year of eight to eight Cool V is making dollars So my cousin's like straight He walked into the same record shop before And the boss be like Vaughn, welcome to my store Offering him a dog But now nah, he don't want it Damn it feels good to see people up on it Cause I remember one At first they wasn't Now nah, guess what they caught from my cousin The vapor They caught the vapor Do you remember these for Noble Street Chief? We used 
used to be down back in the days. It happens all the time and never cease to amaze. They caught the pace. Yo, they caught the pace. They caught the pace. Yo, I like to tell everybody this is a true story. They caught the pace. What I am displaying, a different kind of rapper language that I am saying To all the party people that absorbers but info When it come to rockin' parties, I am a nympho Maniac, brainiac for doing my dancing My rap can make the music, we'll put you in a trance And hypnotize your body and like it, get my cardigan You won't be fighting the ill and you'll just be partying down With the funky sound with yours truly I'm the original B-I-Z-M-A, okay, I will the E And I aim to have fun and not be number one And just here to let you know who's like running the place And everywhere that I perform and do a show, show, as long as you know that Nobody beats the biz 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 You know me at the B-I-C-M-A-R-K-I-E-N I go for what I know doing a show for human beings I'm guaranteed to to make the ladies scream and shout I'm bound to wreck your body as they turn the body out party The Marty Rapper Toe Tapper always have a form And when you hear the biz monkey, I get the job done Yes, I'm the M-A-R-P-K-I-E, you know that's me I got the stutter step to keep it, check my speed is so you need it, so you They say I look and sound funny, but I don't be caring I rock the Latin Quarter Root, Top Bean Square, and Roseland The Hawthorne, Madison Square Garden, even my for the worth fit at Java Center Pardon the ways that I be talking about the places I be rocking I love to perform for the people that be clocking Not saying that you're on my I don't want it like I want it, but you pay for a good performance. Don't go on it, you want it. That's why I'm here to be like letting you know that I'm a highly recognized as the kid of this going. Making people laugh and have a lot of enjoyment. I'm the best person for this type of employment. That's why, that's Nobody why. Nobody beats the biz. Nobody beats the biz. Nobody beats the biz. 
break of dawn When you buy food cheap, you need a coupon I catch a sale retail before it gets stale So hurry up and get the wick, check out the mail And shop non-stop by how I hip-hop on the mic And like, make it cooperate with the rhythm That is what I give them Reagan is depressed, but I voted for Shirley Chisholm Get my sound confusing, the style that I'm using But in the end, I'm sure that you will find it quite amusing And funny, oh honey, it's just ridiculous Don't try to front, come on and admit you was thrilled Chill, your heart was fulfilled So respect the architect as I begin to build Science of my reliance is upon my rap Like Carl Lewis, I get to it So let's go to last, go to last The next part of the documentary begins with Dougie Fresh talking about how he first met Biz Marquis when Biz was performing in a Long Island club and how all of a sudden they struck up an immediate friendship. Biz was fascinated by the way Dougie was doing his beatbox and Biz tried to imitate it but he couldn't do the so he Used his own style Biz told Dougie the first time we met Let me come over to your house and stuff And Dougie was like alright not, not thinking anything about it And then a few days later In the Lincoln Projects Where Dougie was living Who When he came home Was in the kitchen Eating cereal But Biz And he was like what that's how charismatic and fun-loving Biz was. And Biz talked, they showed archival footage of Biz talking about how he can, get, he can get into any club. The same charm he used to get into high schools and junior high schools to perform. 
was the same charm he used to get not only to Dougie's uh, apartment where his parents were living, but clubs all over. And this segment of the documentary showed Biz being the bridge between some of the greatest MCs that ever lived. He helped. He played a huge part in the development of the careers of Rakim, EPMD, Bismarcky. Also played a huge part in the development and career of Big Daddy Kane. Dougie would damn near spend almost every day with Biz. And he would have Biz listen to all his tapes of, that he had of underground hip-hop. And Biz would take it back to to where he was living at the time in his foster home and make recordings of those tapes double. And then Molly Maul talked about how he first met Biz. And Molly Maul talked about how Molly Maul himself was able to become Mr. Magic, the man I was talking about early in the podcast, Mr. Magic's DJ on the most influential hip-hop radio show of all time. I know people out there talk about, what about Stretch and Bobbito? There's no Stretch and Bobbito without Mr. Magic's rap attack. And you showed, the documentary showed the formation of the Juice Crew. Mr. Magic, Molly Maul, and of course, some of the greatest MCs that ever lived. Master Ace, MC Shan, Big Daddy Kane, Roxanne Shante, and of course, the legendary Biz Marquis. Rakim in the doc in this portion of the documentary talked about performing with Biz. Biz brought him to Harlem and there was a showcase talent show and Rakim finished second, but that motivated Rakim to become an even better MC and he would become a better writer and a better lyricist. It was Biz that helped Fuel that fire by bringing him to Harlem To perform at that show And They played audio footage of Rakim Rhyming at a show Over Business Beatbox And then Big Daddy Kane talked about When he first met Biz And Biz's ghostwriter Was Kane And Biz talked about how Kane, no, Kane talked about how Biz wanted him to write the song of an idea he had, make the music with your mouth, Biz. And Kane was like, well, you, you, you do the beatbox, you don't rhyme. Later on, he found out that Biz took that idea to Shan. And he was like, wow. And then Biz came back to him and said, look, I want to do a song based on Nobody Beats the Wiz, the famous record store electronic store outlet in New York City ladies and gentlemen it was first known as the Wiz but because of 
of copyright infringement. They changed it to Nobody Beats the Wiz. And that was the biggest electronic store in New York City for 15 to 20 years. Unfortunately, they went out of business in the late, probably early 2000s. Because I remember buying Mary J. Blige tickets at Ticketmaster at a Nobody Beats the Wiz in Bay Ridge in 2000. So for several years... Nobody Beats the Wiz was the go-to spot to buy VCRs, the big tube TVs, the brick TVs, uh, stereo equipment, and of course, the latest audio cassettes and then later on, CDs. It was Nobody Beats the Wiz. And so, Kane and Biz worked on the record. Nobody beats the biz with the sample with the with with, with, with with the commercial, the famous commercial and you, you grew up in New York City, you remember this commercial in the mid to late all, all the way up until the nineties, from the mid eighties up until the mid nineties. Nobody beats the whiz. Well nobody beats the biz. One of the songs that I will be playing if I haven't already played on this podcast. This just showed you the influence Biz Marquis had in hip-hop. The Juice Crew. Help, helping opening the door for Rakim and Big Daddy Kane. Who, by the way, in my opinion, were the two leaders of the evolution of hip-hop. When you heard Kane and Big Daddy, when you heard Kane and Rakim in the mid to late 80s, that's when... Hip hop went from a one two, a one two, to all of a sudden incredible lyricism, um, verbal verbal gymnastics on the mic by two of the great MCs, lyrical masters of all time. Bismarcky was the bridge. He opened the door. Roxanne Chante talked about how Biz. Open the door for so many MCs during that era. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast about Mr. Magic, and they showed the influence that Mr. Magic had in hip hop in this segment. And I've always joked on this podcast about how my um, father used to try to claim any light skinned Puerto Rican dude he saw on TV was Puerto Rican, even if. Even if he wasn't like an Elder Barge, Prince, Shade, etc. One day, um, late on a Friday night, I'm listening to Mr. Magic's Rap Attack. And my father was like, yo, cut that garbage off, man. I don't want to hear that shit. And I said, hey, Pop, the dude who is the DJ on the show, he's Puerto Rican. His name is John Rivas. And my father's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm a, I'm, all right. So as long as you listening to my, to, to, to our peoples, no problem. John Rivas was a black Puerto Rican just like myself, just like my father, the pioneer. And I hope that there's a documentary being worked on his life because he is, in my opinion, the single most influential radio disc jockey concerning hip-hop in the history of the 50 years now as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of hip-hop with this podcast. I'm recording this on the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, August 11th. 2023 we need a documentary on Mr. Magic um, 
They showed that fat piece of shit, Fat Joe, talking about how uh, Bismarcky embraced him and how Bismarcky worked the cashier in his store in the Bronx. I remember that store on Melrose Avenue. Yeah, I remember that store because I, I don't, I didn't grow up too far from where that fat piece of shit, Fat Joe, grew up at. Oh, anyway, back to more positive things. <laughs> This segment of the documentary just showed how, because of Bismarcky's personality, Biz's uh, charisma, that he was able to introduce himself to all these great artists who, at the beginning of their career, or hadn't even started their career, didn't know that they, they had a gift didn't know that bigger and better things were on the horizon. And through a chance meeting with Biz and Big Daddy Kane talked about how he met Biz at an Albi Square at Albi Square Mall. And man, Albi Square Mall was the place to be throughout the nineteen eighties in downtown Brooklyn. And Biz would be there all the time. And Biz, through a mutual friend of his and Kane's, met Kane, and boom, the rest is history. So you had that meeting at the Albee Square Mall, downtown Brooklyn, with Biz and Kane. You had him showing up at Rock Kim's High School and Rock Kim's uh, freestyling off of. Biz's beatbox and then Biz brought him to a Harlem club to a showcase talent show that helped fuel the career of Rakim and then of course his meeting Dougie Fresh and then Dougie Fresh influencing Kane you have the bridge you have you have Biz in a matter of two three years between 83 and 86 as well as Roxanne Shante. So you got four of the most influential MCs of the 1980s. Rakim, Shante, Dougie, and Kane. The common denominator? Bismarcky. That's hip-hop history at its finest. All right, ladies and gentlemen. The next two songs we're going to play are... This is something for the radio. Love that song. And the biz dance. And in the in the part of the documentary that I just talked about, they showed how Biz made the Pee Wee Herman dance into the biz dance. And so people in New York stopped doing the Pee Wee Herman dance and start doing the biz dance. We'll talk more about that and we will talk about the next segment of the documentary on the other side.
dedicated to the radio, now he is shit Because it's time for them to get recognized This is my version of the Nobel Peace Prize That's why I'm coming out my face like this Far as negativity, you never get this If it wasn't for you, nobody would know That's why this is some for the radio Seven days, and even on the weekends, the DJs will be freaking without a doubt because everyone is unique. And the way they cut the records and be talking, it's how to do extra crazy death on a walkman to all of this jockeys that's on the go. This is some for the radio.
I'm the Bismarck King, I'm known for beatboxing and rap And now it's time to put Long Island on the map And letting you know that it'll put you in a trance Something funny made by me and it's called the Bismarck the way I do it is so unique By the way, I move my hand, hips, legs, and feet But if you think that you can master it You got a fat chance Cause it's very difficult to do What is it called? The Bismarck, Bismarck The Bismarck, Bismarck The Bismarck, Bismarck The Bismarck, Bismarck, Bismarck The Bismarck dance The second to none I was playing at the moment How it should be done Kick your legs to your pants Rip, shake from side to side with your arms and hips. Why you doing it? If you mess up your hair, then you know party people that you're halfway there. They heard it fits monkey all the way in France. And the kid and all the kids doing my dance. The fits mark, fits mark. The fits mark, fits mark. Yeah. The fits mark, fits mark. Do my dance. The fits mark, fits mark, fits mark. Come on. The fits mark, fits mark. Everybody. The fits mark, fits mark. Everybody, the Bismarck, Bismarck, I want you to do my dance. Now everybody out there that want to learn the biz dance, come up to the front. All the ladies to one side, and all the homeboys to one side, and I'm going to show you how you should do it. You should throw one leg to one side, and then throw the other leg up to the other side, then throw your leg up and bob your head, and then this the way you do it. One, two, one, two, three, here. of the documentary focused on the height of business career talked about the smash vapors talked about just a friend which was the biggest hit of his career and we'll get into that in a moment during this time he had a falling out with Marley Mall and they interviewed Master Race in the documentary 
and Master Race talked about the record he made that was supposed to be with Biz, but because of Biz's falling out with Marley Mall, they were never able to get Biz on the record. And Master Ace made the record with a puppet, supposedly, not supposedly, was supposed to be Biz, and Master Ace mimicked Biz's voice, but it was done out of love and homage, but Biz didn't like it, and it caused a rift between them two that was never resolved, even up until the point of Biz's death. So in the documentary, Master Ace did a how do you say a spoken word in which he apologized to Biz for making that song without the Biz on it. Because originally, as he mentioned in the documentary, and Molly Maul confirmed this, it was supposed to be a collaboration between him and Biz. The song was called Me and the Biz. But because of the tension and the breakup of Molly Mall and Biz, Biz never got on the record. The record was released and it severed any type of relationship. It severed any type of relationship that Biz and Master Ace would ever have. And so um, shout out to Master Ace for giving that beautiful spoken word tribute and apology to Biz about how he was young, uh, Master Ace was a new artist, and it was his foot in the door, but he should have known better. It talked about just a friend, about, and Dougie talked about this, and several of Biz's friends talked about how he wanted to do this song where he would sing at the beginning, and Dudes were telling Biz, you, you can't do this. You can't do this. It was Dougie that was like, man, go with your heart. Do it. And then he talked about how they were at a show in Detroit. And all Biz had to do was, you. And the rest of the crowd started going, got what I need. Man, I remember when that song came out in 89. I had, um, I was 21 and I had just come back home from New Orleans. I had, uh, I was living back in the South Bronx. And getting ready to attend John Jay College to continue my undergrad uh, studies. And when that song hit the radio, that song was on the radio over, over and over again. Now, Bismarcky, between 1988 and 1990, was on both BLS and Kiss FM all the time with his songs. And anybody who is a Radio historian New York City radio historian Or is of my era Remembers that BLS and Kiss FM In the late 80's Mostly relegated to hip hop airplay To either Mr. Magic's rap attack on BLS Or What was my man's name Um Oh fuck Uh on on um Kiss FM and early signs of dementia. I'm sorry. But you had the late night shows on Friday and Saturday night that played hip hop. They were hip hop uh, uh, shows. Um, But certain artists would get radio play during the day. I remember in 1988, 
the guys that got radio play all the time during the day on BLS and Kiss FM were Slick Rick with his Adventure to Slick Rick, with his with it, which was an incredible album, and of course uh, Bismarcky and uh, It Takes Two by Rob Bass. Those were songs that were always played on the radio. Teenage Love by Slick Rick. Uh, even Public Enemy, who at that point in time was the biggest rap group on the country, weren't getting regular airplay during the day, probably because their, their music was considered too political and too risque. <laughs> Imagine me saying that today, considering the... The state of, of hip-hop today, which is at an all-time low, is just straight fucking trash. Anyway, um, I digress. Just a Friend was a massive hit. And that song led Tara into talking about how her and Biz met. How her and Biz stayed friends for years before they even became serious. And Tara, Tara Hall, uh, Biz's wife, Biz's widow... Talked about how she had her own career as a model and as a video girl. She was one of the beautiful women in I'll Make Love to You, the Boys to Men of it music video. She was in that song that they released after Tupac died where she played a waitress in the video. So she had her own career, her modeling career, um, doing music videos as a video model, video girl. One day... Biz bought a house and, and asked her to marry her, marry him, and she said she wasn't ready. About a decade later, he brought her to the same house, and everything was the same, and that's when they decided to get married, and they showed footage of Biz with their children just loving married life, and they showed several uh, pictures, and they even... Played audio from their marriage Early in a documentary They talked to uh, his siblings His foster care siblings Talked about how uh, Biz was a charmer That women loved Biz And Biz had that type of charm Like myself That caused a not the greatest Looking dude in the world To be able to date and have relations with beautiful women. And they, they talked about how women would come at Christmas. Several women would come at Christmas and bring Biz, Biz uh, Christmas gifts. Oh, this is for you, Biz. Merry Christmas, Biz. I love you, Biz. Um, this segment of the documentary showed Biz at the height of his musical prowess. Of his uh, musical artistry. It also showed the loving side of Biz and the family side of Biz. The next and final segment we will talk after we play. We will talk more and I will talk more about the last segment of the documentary. After we play, I'll make sure I get these songs right. Just a friend and business going down. Just a friend being his biggest hit. We'll talk more about all of this on the other side. I am the magnificent. Hey, 
freedom This not a stepping style that I use to amuse And hey, I'm the original, hella fire kinging Where we can sign for throwing down And you know that I'm bringing the crowd to enjoyment But what I do, like, ow I keep the people cheering Because of what they're hearing Moving and grooving to a devastating sound is glaring Because they're in the mood for me the B-I-Z, the Emma's, the Emma's, the A-R-K-I-E The party ripping, never tripping, king of crowd pleasing I can turn it out without a doubt in any season I entertain crowds, a million and thousands Homeboys making noise as I do browse through a girl's mouth Say the funky rhyme that makes the girls get naked I can turn it out with different sounds on my record That I say give them is your absorb the rhythm The magnificent record maker of prison The biz markets are going off The biz markets are going off Try to get Ellie with me, the inhuman, because I'm like booming. Reagan is depressed, but so was Harry Truman. The biz markets are going off. The biz markets are going off. The biz markets are going off. The biz go off, go off. The biz markets are going off. The biz markets are going off. The biz markets are going off. The biz go off, go off. Now. And always seem to come with something fresh to say In January, February, March, April, May And the other seven months of the year But anyway, hey, the late, okay Here's a rhyme I must display When I'm finished, you be in it Say the hip hip parade I will be in the seat Till I'm old and gray And I can even rock the mic With tooth decay, decay, yo Ladies of the 80s know that I'm the original B-I-Z-M-A-R-K-I-S-A-W-E You little me and my man Big Daddy I can't forget Master Cool V and my partner, my best friend TJ Swanee, rocking the mic would say most definitely. So listen, don't be missing. I will never be dissing. I just rock the mic and always have discipline. Listen to the brother, ain't the brother you discover. I rock up the mic just like if I'm your other. I am the magnificent.
Have you ever met a girl that you tried to date But a year to make love she wanted you to wait Let me tell you a story of my situation I was talking to this girl from the US nation The way that I met her was on tour at a concert She had long hair and a short mini skirt I just got on stage dripping pouring with sweat I was walking through the crowd and guess who I met I whispered in the air, come to the picture booth so I can ask you some questions to see if you're 100 proof. I asked her her name, she said blah blah blah. She had nine, ten pants and a very big bra. I took a couple of flicks and she was enthused. I said, how do you like the show? She said I was very amused. I started throwing bass, she started throwing back mid-range. But when I sprung the question, she acted kind of strange. Cause when I asked, do you have a man? She tried to pretend. She said, no I don't, I only have a friend. I'm not even going for it. This is what I'm going to say. You, you got what I need. But you say he just a friend. And you say he just a friend. Oh, baby, you got what I need. But you say he just a friend. But you say he just a friend. Oh, baby, you. Work for it at this time. I thought just having a friend couldn't be no crime. Cause I have friends, and that's a fact. Like Agnes, Agatha, Jermaine, and Jack. Forget about that, let's go into the story About a girl named blah 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 that adore me So we started talking, getting familiar Spending a lot of time so we can build a relationship Or some understanding how it's gonna be in the future we was planning Everything sounded so dandy and sweet I had no idea I was in for a treat After this was established, everything was cool The tour was over and she went back to school I call every day to see how she was doing every time that I call her It seemed something was brewing I called the rumor, got picked up and then I called her again I said, yo, who is that? Oh, he's just a friend
the final segment of the documentary showcased how Biz's career came tumbling down after being sued and losing a lawsuit on a sample he didn't clear for the song All Alone, All Alone from the I Need a Haircut album. He would only have one more album after this. Two years later, all samples cleared. This was during a time when the music industry was cracking down on samples used by hip-hop artists. And Business Record Company, Cold Chillin', released the song without the sample being cleared by a Gilbert and Sullivan song called All Alone from several decades several decades ago. It was a landmark case because from that point on, MCs, hip-hop labels, producers, DJs could no longer get away with using unauthorized samples of music, of, of songs, period, of music, period. It really affected Cold Chillin' and Biz because thousands of records had to be taken out of record stores because of this lawsuit. But what do many great entertainers Athletes, artists, you don't even have to be in a type of uh, artistry or athletic field. If something happens with your, with your uh, business, with, with, with your, I don't know, with, with the way you make money, with the way you make a living, you have to adjust. You have to find a way to overcome that loss of income. You have to reinvent yourself. I've talked about this podcast many a time. How artists. In the midst of a. Artistic slump. In the midst of a creative slump. Reinvent themselves. Biz went from. Being an MC. To becoming a DJ. A party DJ. He became the DJ for entertainers. Rakim on the documentary talked about how he went to a party for Jada for Jada Pinkett Smith and he saw Biz there. And I think Rakim went there. Yeah, he was there as a surprise MC for for uh, this party for Jada. And I believe Will Smith threw the party for Jada. And he saw Biz there, and Biz like, "Oh, you gonna perform? One, you know, you gonna perform just like I am?" And Biz like, "Nah, I'm the DJ." And it only made sense for Biz to become a world-renowned DJ, wanted by thousands of of, of people all over the world, the entertainer's DJ, because, as his wife Tara mentioned. His incredible record collection. He had a massive record collection, which belongs to her now, as she showed the, I don't know if it's the attic or the basement, but the museum in their house that uh, stores all of his memorabilia, all of his toys, all of, all, all of his uh, 
records, all of his dolls. His record con- collection is immense. And so Biz reinvented himself. And he also became a fixture for children's movies and television. My beloved son passed away March of 2022, 18 months ago. 17 months ago. Uh, from 1996 until 2008, 2009, I took him every year to see a Will Smith blockbuster movie because Will Smith was my son's favorite actor. 1997, I took my son, my son was five years old, to see Men in Black for his fifth birthday. Biz Marquis was in Men in Black. Then not too long after that, Biz Marquis appeared on one of my son's favorite uh, children's shows, Yo Gabba Gabba. Biz Marquis was the perfect rapper to transition to movies and children's shows. Because he had a childlike persona and he gravitated towards kids as shown in the footage that his wife showed of him with his children. How he loved playing with them and he was the biggest kid. Even the day he had the diabetic stroke, June of 2020, it was Father's Day 2020. He was having fun with his children before he had the diabetic stroke and he never left the hospital. He spent 13 months in the hospital before dying 13 months ago at the tender age of 57. Nick Cannon talked about how... uh, he was mentored by Bismarcky because he would carry the crates when Bismarcky was a disc jockey. And Nick Cannon, when he got the Wild and Out, Out show, had Bismarcky as a guest DJ. And the last television appearance Bismarcky ever did was a few months before he passed away, taping an episode of Wild and Out. Bismarcky was a giant in the history of hip-hop. You cannot talk about the history of hip-hop without talking about Biz Marquis. This documentary showed just how influential Biz Marquis was. Without Biz Marquis' existence, you may never have had a rock him, a Big Daddy Kane. Without Bismarcky's influence You might not have had an ODB Because when you look at ODB's Character And the way ODB was a hype man For the Wu-Tang Clan And his whole stage persona You see a heavy influence Of Bismarcky in ODB When Biz was in the hospital Method Man and Ghostface Of the Wu-Tang Sent video uh, prayers. You could tell they were huge fans of Bismarcky. Bismarcky is one of the most beloved figures in the history of hip-hop. When you look at this documentary, you saw the love. 
And after he passed away, you saw the mural painted in front of his house. And you saw several of his friends and industry and personal take pictures in front of his house. Big Daddy Kane gave a beautiful homage with a song talking about how Biz was more than wasn't just a friend, he was more than a friend. The documentary ended with Tracy giving a two minute speech after the credits went up about how the music industry robbed Biz Marquis, how her for, his former manager has released unauthorized music and stolen from them, from their estate. And she talks about how she's been sued by sharks, by snakes. And she talked about how Biz, for the last year of his life, fought to try and live. And that she, for the rest of her life, will fight for Biz Marquis and fight to secure his legacy and to make sure that his name is not besmirched. Ladies and gentlemen, if you listen to this podcast without watching the documentary, please go watch the documentary. Another great documentary produced by Nas's Mass Appeal, Sasha Jenkins. He did a phenomenal job directing this documentary. Kudos to Tracy Morgan, who talked about Bismarcky and, and how he too suffers from diabetes and how Biz was also a huge inspiration to his career. Uh, Rakim and Kane for paying homage to a man who they said there might not have been either of them. And think about this, ladies and gentlemen. Rakim and Kane revolutionized the sound of hip-hop. Biz was the bridge to them getting to that point. Molly Maul paid homage despite the fact that him and Biz had a falling out. Master Ace apologized for releasing me and the Biz without Biz's consent. And but the biggest star of this documentary was Tara Hall, Mrs. Biz Marquis. She was with him Every day of the last year of his life in the hospital and held his hand when he finally closed his eyes and made his transition to heaven 13 months ago. Kudos to the Hall family. Kudos to the pioneers of hip hop. Kudos to the legendary Bismarcky. I'm going to play two final songs and then we will end the podcast with Roxanne Shantae's eulogy at Business Funeral. We're going to continue doing this docu- look into documentaries, ladies and gentlemen. Next week, I will review Rick James' Showtime documentary from about a year ago. I'm going to continue doing this. Until I go back to the old formula of taking voice notes and 
talking about uh, each individual song from a legendary artist and how it affected my life and how it uh, affected me personally or I, what would I what I was going through during that time. But uh, these Showtime and HBO documentaries that I've been um, reviewing the past few weeks really got me into my memory lane. And so next week we will come back with my review of Rick James' Showtime documentary. And of course we will play 11 or 12 of Rick James' greatest songs. So sit back. The podcast is not over yet, even though I'm signing off. You still got two more great Bismarcky songs and the legendary Roxanne Shantae's eulogy at Bismarcky's funeral. Until next time when we talk Rick James, I want everybody out there to continue to be blessed and be a blessing. Yo, me and Cool B, this 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 gonna be this gonna be our new single. And when you hear the story, you you say it's alright though. Yo 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 yo, Cool B, why'd you give me a cue? One more cue and then I'm ready to go in. Don't you like when the winter's gone and all of a sudden it start getting warm? The trees and the grass start looking fresh and the sun and the sky be looking at best. Birds be singing, flowers be blooming, a lot of brand new cars be zooming. Fly girls look at the best they can be and the guys be duke duke down, you see. Besides all that, I like the warm weather, cause that's when you can get yourself together. I like Easter time with a grin, cause when I was, I used to go to Coney Island. We used to eat a lot of stuff like cotton candy, cause back then it was like fine and dandy. We used to get dressed up in double knits and the plaid suit jackets, cause they were legit. The good old days was back then, and the reason I reminisce cause it's spring again. Everybody knows it's spring again. To the girls and boys and people above, this is the time of falling love. Now, girls. Have you ever broke up with your boyfriend And you thought that the world was coming to an end Sitting around the house pout for no reason Just because you thought your man was skeezing for a couple of days Look gloomy and gray Thinking about the old happy days All of a sudden the telephone ring He begged for your forgiveness and you know what that brings Joy and happiness into your life Before you felt like your heart was stabbed by a knife I'm telling you girls keep the man that you got Cause if you cheat you might need a VD shot You know two wrongs don't make a right and if if he did something wrong, don't do the same, it's not polite. Please don't make this breaking up a trend because, because it's spring again. Everybody knows it's spring again. To the girls and boys and people above, this is the time to fall in love. Now, fellas, have you ever met a girl that tried to front? And wanted you to act like you was on the hunt I used to see my homeboys frowning fret For a girl that always try to play hard to get 
I know I quoted myself, I must admit And said anything you want, you gotta work hard for it Need a diabolical, be obsessed And go out for something that a girl possess They're really on yours, they're really on yours They want you to treat them like Santa Claus They want drug dealers and four-wheelers Truck jewelry, they expect you to steal her Man, I know they must be bugging They better hit the streets and do their own mugging Cause in this case, you would just overlook her Santa on the way and say, I can't help you This way again Everybody knows for again To the girls and boys and people above This is the time we fall in from a girl named Rum. She said, come and get me from Mickey D's at 8. That's where I work after school. Pick me up for a day. I was so excited that she called my pager, but never thought to ask if she was a teenager. She mentioned going to school, but I didn't think it was hot. If you saw what I saw, then you know why. You wouldn't believe or even think of a bird like that could be a dove. I picked her up from my Lexus coupe. Only God knows what I'm doing is a oop. Am I robbing a cradle? I'm very confused. I'm stuck in the middle of the young girl blue. Everything was fine and dandy without shedding a tear. Ain't ain't nothing but 
butter number, that's what Chi Ali said Okay then why don't you get that through the judge's head Proceeding along, I must have to say It was coming very close to her birthday I asked what do you want, she said a pair of earrings I never knew what an avalanche the future brings Her birthday came and she gave a party I arrived kinda late to the place to be People was excited for seeing my face If my mother ever knew I would be a disgrace They said how old are you now to run the ring I was in shock when they screamed 16 I felt like falling apart when I heard the news This is the never ending saga of the young girl blues a double feature and it was the 36 chambers and the other movie was the Bruce Lee movie and I said to Biz I said what you think about that he said well shiny when I die and and you know I'm 15 when you're 15 you make promises about every damn thing you agree to everything when you're 15 you know, because you don't really think about it, you don't see it. He said, but Shani, you know, when I die, I want you to do like this. And we was watching the Fist of Fury. He said, I want you to, I want it to be like this. I said, so what you want me to do? He said, yeah, you know, I would like for you to like run in and uh, dive on my casket and be like, teacher, teacher, you know, why you leave me so early? Dude, why you do that? So I said, yeah, of course I'll do that for you. And you'll do 36 chambers for me. So then he said, all right, all right, let's switch it. You can do, I'll do um, that one for you because the person, remember, Bruce Lee gets hit in the head for that one. Remember, somebody got to bust him in the head with the shovel because he's acting up at the funeral. So um, he said, instead, you do 36 chambers. My family had a fit. They was like, you really getting ready to do that? Let me tell you one thing about the Juice Crew. Let me tell you one thing about my era. Your word is everything. So no matter how popular we got, no matter whether or not this winds up on the Shade Room or TMZ or whatever the case may be, the fact is, my word to my brother, because you remember Biz used to always say, word is born, Shawnee. So, I told him. <laughs> Shout out to the hotel whose sheet I took. Because <laughs> my family refused to let me bring karate gear in here. Now, I don't know how it looks, anything. But I just want y'all to know, from the 36 chambers, I'm one of the teachers that was watching everybody go around. And I need to say this to my brother. You 
have done well. And you have left me. One of the things that you love the most, one of your most prized possessions, you have left me with. And I appreciate it. And that's Cutmaster Cool V.